1: up everybody welcome inside the guilty as charged podcast my name is steven i am your host doing a, another saturday q a ahead of the uh 2022 nfl draft so uh be sure to get those questions ready we will have a uh topic or a debate of sorts to uh kick us off in a second about uh certain prospect the chargers could be taking at 17 so Uh, We'll get to that in a minute. But joining me, as always, are my guys Tyler and Alex. Alex, obviously, we see you all decked out in Sixers gear today. How are you feeling ahead of this uh, playoff run for the Fighting Joel Embiid's?
2: Uh, Ready to have my heart broken again. Uh, Getting depressed on the podcast again. It'll be fun. And, of course, they're going to lose game six the night of the NFL draft. So that'll be great. Um, But, no, I'm excited. And I'm excited to watch the Sixers run while the Lakers are sitting at home. Yeah, the Lakers are at home. I, you know, we were talking about, you know, Brayden Fajoko's
1: tweets the other day, and last night he tweets out that he thinks that the Lakers had actually managed to make the playoffs, that they would make a run <laughs> there because they're a veteran team. And I'm like, mm, they might be a veteran team, Brayden, but they're not a good team. Like, it has to be both. You can't just have the old guys and be like, yep, we're going to go on a run. The Pelicans would dust them in five. <laughs> <laughs> that Pelicans game last night was fun, man. It really was. Yeah um Tyler is here as well Tyler how you doing man
3: I'm doing very well so Alex you're telling me the Sixers might get eliminated the same night the Chargers draft Trevor Penning is that what I'm hearing oh,
2: God. it's it's a possibility <laughs> it's a possibility and then if the Eagles mess up the draft too great that Ray really trifecta right there
3: yeah not not as fun as Devonta Smith to the Eagles and Rashawn Slater to the Chargers last year nope nope
1: be really <laughs> last terrible, year I last think. year was like truly draft euphoria for us <laughs> yeah It really was, so hopefully the Chargers can uh, replicate some of that. Um, Alex, real quick, man, uh, who's playing in the championship this year in the NBA and who's winning?
2: Oh, um, I I see. I'm not prepared for this. I'll say Suns, Suns, Bucks, but the Suns win this year in seven. Yeah, I feel the same way, actually. So I'm not as tapped into the NBA as
1: you are. I don't really watch that many, but uh, yeah, I think it'll be fun. All right, so uh, the debate that we're going to have to kick off the show today on Saturday before we get to your questions is about said Trevor Penning and whether or not the Chargers should take him or are going to take him and really kind of all of our thoughts here at 17. So Tyler did a video yesterday um, kind of using ESPN's analytics and Vegas draft odds and the mock draft database. And so Tyler, uh, if you could just give us the kind of spark notes version of uh, what you found out yesterday using all three of those sources.
3: So according to ESPN, Trevor Penning is the favorite to be taken at 17. According to mock draft database, Trevor Penning is a favorite to be taken at 17. And according to Vegas odds, if you'd like to bet on someone to be taken at 17, Trevor Penning is certainly one of those guys. It's lining up to where Trevor Penning, people have asked me, Who's the betting favorite? It is Trevor Penning, whether you like it or not. um, Steven thinks I was talking to him basically that entire video. (laughs) And kind of, yeah, I was talking to myself, (laughs) talking to the fan base. Whether you, we, any of us like it or not, Trevor Penning is the betting favorite at this point. Whether we want him there or not is a whole different story. But um, yeah, so it seems like no matter where you go, Trevor Penning is the favorite to be taken. I will say, though, like if you look at mock draft database, they compile all the big boards. All the mock drafts and all the big boards across the internet have Trevor Penning as like 17, 18th. His high is 16, his ranking is 18th, and his projection is 17th. He's like, he's exactly right. Like, this scenario would almost seem perfect, other than getting a steal in the draft. If we're another prospect that you told me that, hey, everyone likes him right at your pick, he, you know, everybody across the board almost unanimously has him at this spot for the most part, I'd be like, sweet. sounds great that means it's a good fit good pick but trevor penning this year just feels like a different story and while a lot of the internet and all the analysts seem to really like him at 17 i'm i don't want to be the team that finds out
1: yeah so i will say there are analysts out there who are skeptical of trevor penning and you know obviously no prospect is going to have you know everybody in his corner unless they're truly like surefire picks i mean There are some analysts out there who don't have Aiden Hutchinson as the top edge rusher or don't have him in the top five and things like that. So, I mean, nobody's going to unanimously agree. And so I certainly think Trevor Penning is a possibility at 17. I'm not ignorant, ignorant to that fact. He feels a massive need at right tackle. And in terms of the good, right, like he is an elite athlete at the position. He's got great size, great strength, great play strength. And, you know, he he kind of checks the athletic profile box. It's just that when you really dive into the film and like what happened at the senior bowl, I mean, like on, on first watch of Trevor Penning, like you see this guy against Iowa state, you know, just has incredible torque and is throwing dudes around like nobody's business. And then you just see kind of the individual pass past blocking reps and, and how he's able to. You know, give up his inside shoulder and not anchor down properly against uh Ouzurike from Iowa State, and then it also happens against North Dakota State and and South Dakota State. Like so, if you take his three best games from last season or three you know highest ranked competition, he struggled in pass pro man. He really did, and I think the run blocking is a little underwhelming. And I think if you look at his PFF run blocking grade, it's like damn, he's a great run blocker, but it's really not like, it's really kind of just okay. And so to me, I think if you're looking at a first round tackle prospect, ideally, you're looking at you're you're hoping for somebody with at least really solid, really good film, great athletic traits, checks a lot of boxes. And I just don't really feel like that's the case with Trevor Penning. I don't like Again, if he gets drafted, I will obviously switch gears and and root for him and hope that he is is successful with the Chargers. But, you know, sitting here today, I, I just I can't advocate for taking him at 17 is kind of where I'm at right now.
2: No, I can't either. And I think it's just it's. The idea that you're filling that need is good, but you're not filling that need with a player like Rashawn Slater or Pinesu last year. Frankly, I don't think you're filling that need with a player like Christian Darasol last year. I'd go as far as Dylan Radun's like that's that's yeah. kind of where Trevor Penning is. Um I mean I think he someone put it best. So he said he's he's a top ten player in this draft if you're just looking purely at the physical traits and what he could be at the next level. Uh, unfortunately has a lot of day three tape like um, yeah. when, when he goes up against some of these competitions and that's why the senior bowl was so pivotal for him. Um, and, you know, a lot of these guys who play at, you know, FCS schools uh, and he did not show out against the best competition there uh, either. So, and also the games that Steven mentioned, I, there's a lot of technical issues. There's also just a lot of dumb stuff. We've talked about how undisciplined he is. I've retweeted the clip about how he almost got Desmond Ritter killed, um, you know, so, there's just a lot of technique issues and I think you're the chargers are also in win now mode right they're trying to get a guy in the first round who can help them this year and if you're adding a Trevor Penning you're kind of saying okay well we'll probably get Storm Norton level production from him this year and we're trying to see year two year three where he'll be right because you know you want to see him take that leap maybe towards the end of year one beginning of year two like that's when you would kind of expect it but I just think that's too much of a risk to take when, you know, you could already install these players either like a wide receiver, like Jameson Williams or the cornerbacks that we talked about last week uh, at 17. You can take someone like Zion Johnson also ready to play right now if you wanted to do that. Um, but I just think the the value of Trevor Penning and betting on him as a project for a team that's in win now mode. Uh, that's the part of it. That's never made sense to me. So yeah, I, I get the need. He does check some boxes, But man, whenever he goes up against good competition, it's it's bad date.
3: Yeah, I agree. So I guess one thing I do want to talk about, because people are mentioning in the chat, and this is not a me or Alex question. This is a Steven question. Trevor Penning is obviously a left tackle. He will be switching to right tackle. Can you at least describe sort of how that process might go? Are his projections better at that point? And then also just another thing I wanted to include. I didn't think he was the greatest mover or really as as good as his athletic RAS profile. Yeah. But ended up being really good. And to me, that means that I'm looking at the tape and something happened in between that and when he tested at the combine, in my opinion. And to me, there is working with Duke Manyweather in between that. And so I think he thinks he's a great mover. Like Manyweather thinks Penning can move and he's a great athlete and he's a good athlete. But I didn't think he was this great athlete. But somewhere in between the tape and the combine he became a great athlete. So I sort of speak on that, but also just this transition from left tackle to right tackle. Is there at least more hope because he's going to be playing right tackle?
1: Yeah, I mean, so the athleticism, first of all, I, I think a lot of his issues when it comes to like moving, it's a lot of taking bad angles, it's a lot of timing issues. And so um there are times, you know, particularly against Iowa State where, you know, he's being asked to get to the second level and he he just doesn't look comfortable. Doesn't look you know, confident in his ability to get out there. And that's certainly something that, you know, Duke Manningweather has, I'm sure, been, you know, working on with him and trying to to coach up. And so I, I think when it comes to the position switch, like a lot of people will talk about Panay Sewell here, but Trevor Penny has been training both sides with Duke from the get-go. And Panay, that is not something Panay Sewell ever did. He He only trained at left tackle. He only played left tackle in college and high school. And so I think that is just a little bit of a different situation because Trevor Penning has acknowledged that and he he took right tackle snaps at the Senior Bowl. So I think Penning could be a little bit more comfortable than someone like Panay Sewell making that change. But it's still going to take time, right? And, you know, Connor Rogers and Trevor Sikama were, were pointing out that when you go from the FCS to the NFL, you're really jumping two levels of of the sport you're not going from the sec to the nfl you're going from essentially you know fcs football past the sec pack 12 big 12 big 10 and everything like that then to the nfl so you know there's just a lot of question marks in terms of the fit with the charters right and like alex is saying you know like this could be a storm norton kind of level player in 2022 and I'm sure people are going to be like, well, no way, he's so much better. But there's a lot of question marks there that line up in terms of him struggling on top of the, the him being a penalty king. So, um, you know, I, I think he could certainly have a high ceiling as a right tackle. I think he has a high ceiling in general. But I think it's just the floor that really worries me. And I think, like Alex said, the Chargers are win-now mode right now. And I don't think they can really afford to essentially have storm norton out there again at right tackle in 2022
2: right and i think the the floor is the most concerning part and going back to the senior bowl i think whenever you just want to see an fcs guy and what they can do at the next level you kind of want to see a good audition tape so to speak and you saw that from christian watson right a guy like that who i think did really well at the senior bowl going up against top level competition uh despite the questions previously of like who is this guy and then You know, here he is out here burning quarterbacks and and doing his thing Uh, and clearly kind of one of the top five, six receivers probably in this draft now who's going to be taken probably sometime in the second round. Uh, So, yeah, no, I just think you, you look at that kind of thing and you just never really saw that with Trevor Penning. I think people that's what people want Trevor Penning to be right. Like you kind of want him to be that Rashawn Slater prospect where it's like you just throw him in and he's fine. Um, but that's just not the reality of this draft, unfortunately, and not the reality of who Trevor Penning or Bernard Raymond or any of those guys are. They're just not ready right now.
3: Yeah, just going back to the level of competition, so Trevor Penning really, not that he didn't play bad, he only played bad players. Like he played, it was Enrique as a defensive end. That's a, a good player, I guess, but at least what's like the top level of competition he faced last year? Because I, I can say that Falele had the Ohio State game. I can say that Raymond had the LSU game. I can't really say Penning had like a a big program game. Iowa State, man. That's it. And it was bad. (laughs) It wasn't that good. So like I mean, you you face who you face. That's not his fault, but you would at least like to check that box. And like Alex said, you go to the senior bowl, okay, do something. And none of the tackles did, but certainly Trevor didn't or Penning didn't help himself at all. And I think at least as early as the day one team drills, Falele was the tackle and Penning was the guard, right? yeah yeah they
1: had they had penning taking reps at guard and he just did not look comfortable there at all and i mean he's six seven like he's sure the the idea of trevor penning (laughs) switching to guard is just like laughable to me like he is a tackle he doesn't have the kind of pad level and bend that you're looking for to play guard and Mm -hmm. he doesn't need to transition he's got 36 inch arms like i was like what are we doing here so I don't know. Like, when you're looking at a small school tackle prospect, like you're you're looking for him to check off like all these boxes, like right, like played well against his high end competition. He dominated the the lower end competition. He had a really good trip to the Senior Bowl. He showed out at the combine, and it's like, you know, that was like Dylan Reduins, right? Like Dylan Reduins had great tape Mm. against his high end competition. He had great dominant tape against the lower competition. Had a fantastic Senior Bowl. Uh, I think that was when the combine was canceled, but he had a good pro day. So like, he checks all those boxes and he struggled to, you know, fill in in the NFL this year. Like he couldn't find a role. Mm -hmm. The Titans were trying to play him at guard, right. Tackle couldn't really figure it out. It was a hard jump for him. So, you know, penning doesn't check all those boxes, right? Like the, the checklist of, of a small school tackle is, is all left blank at this point. And so it's like, could he come in right away and succeed? Yeah, sure. It's possible you know he's working with Duke Mannyweather, and mm-hmm. you know the Chargers are a really good situation but it's just not super clean like to me it kind of feels like Titus Howard like not great tape not great senior ball but he's really athletic so we're just gonna you know push him
3: up the boards yeah I I think he'll be fine I really do I just don't want to be the team that finds out yeah so,
1: uh, super first super chat of the day, of course, from LA Chargers fan. Good morning, gents. Unfortunately, I think the writing is on the wall for Penning, unless the top talent drops. I think he will be the pick, and I tend to agree. I really do. Unfortunately, as much as I want Zion Johnson on this team, like I think if Penning is on the board, I think Penning is the choice.
3: Someone brought up earlier. What do you think about just the the personality, the penalties, and him having so many penalties and kind of being a perceived asshole? Do you think that flies? Like, some teams will love that. Like, I do think, yeah, the Raiders might have taken that, you know, with Gruden, or I even think the Ra- Ravens could take him. But do you think that flies with Staley?
1: I don't really know. Like, I know that he wants to be a trench team, and I know that he wants to be more physical, but it's not like any of the players he got last year were like perceived assholes. Like, <laughs> I mean, you have Ode bougie Corey Lindsay, Matt Filer, and Rashawn Slater, like four of the most calm dudes in the world. <laughs> like, I don't know. So, like, personality-wise, that is that is a legitimate question, and I wish I could have an answer for you. And I think if you look at, you know, the Saints' history and, like, Steelers' history, obviously, because of Brendan Nugent and Sean Serrett, the two offensive line coaches, there's not really that guy. Like, I guess Marquise Pouncey kind of was an asshole, but... I don't know. That'd be an interesting question to ask uh, him in terms
3: of personality fit. So you have him as if he was in last year's class offensive tackle seven. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm at six just ahead of Redoons, but yeah. Yeah. So it caused me to me, at least you had, I think a better flash and a better tape with yeah. I think on par athleticism. So yeah, he's definitely after him. He's after Jenkins.
1: Yeah, so I really like Sam Cosby from the jump. Um, he was somebody that was higher on Mm -hmm. than than most people. I think the debate from last year would be Liam Eichenberg versus Penny. Like I think as Mm -hmm. OT678, that's kind of where you're at with with Penny in last year's class.
3: Yeah, and that's almost a debate of just Do we prefer the the floor or the ceiling? And well, Eichenberg went then went to Miami and got destroyed, but that's a Miami thing. Okay. Actual question. Would you rather take Linderbaum at 17 and slide him to guard or take Penning?
2: He can't (laughs) slide to Guard. I know, but would you rather
3: take him and move him to guard or take Penning? Um
1: this question and like the Jordan (laughs) Davis versus Trevor Penning question for me is just
2: like (laughs) They're both a, it's both a lose lose for me. Would I rather shoot my left foot or shoot my right foot? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Gotta
3: pick a foot, man. We all mm, say left.
1: <laughs> I'll say right because I'm left foot dominant, I guess. So I'll take <laughs> I'll take Penning still because he is a tackle. I don't know. Sure. Penning.
3: Yeah. Amazing.
1: Uh Tyreek seems to think that Trevor Penning is a smoke screen. Maybe. I don't think there's necessarily been like a ton of buzz around the chargers right. in him it's more of like he's just a very common mock draft selection mm-hmm. yeah so you know it's not like the the chargers have mm-hmm. met with trevor penning and went to his pro day and i mean they did meet with him at the combine and senior Bowl, obviously but we haven't heard like a the chargers really like trevor penning kind of thing yet it's mostly just that he's a very common mock draft selection he's like it's be there and he feels uh, an obviously big need
3: I'm hoping there's a tandem of, as Anthony Tran brought up, uh, Riley Reef, but I think there's a, I hope there's a tandem of moves after the draft where it's like, okay, yeah. we're just not really going to show our hand, but we sort of have a deal in place with Bougie, and we know we're going to get Reef after the draft. So we're just kind of, kind of enter it pretending like, oh shoot, we need to tackle and there's nothing Th- that, that is what I'm holding on to. I'm holding on to hope for Riley Reef <laughs> after the draft.
1: Yeah, you know, it would be uh, really cool if they had signed uh, like a Morgan Moses type and not had to be in this situation.
2: Could have what, what did he go for? Five million A V?
1: Yeah. I mean, he is from Baltimore or whatever, but Billy Turner really wanted to play in Denver, I guess, but pain. <laughs> um, all right, this is a question that I get a lot as somebody who's very high on giant on Zion Johnson and the possibilities of taking him. 17 too early for zion johnson i think historically we've seen that answer be no um in the last 10 drafts the only time the top guard went less than uh went off the board at i pick less than 24 was the forest lamp year and technically he was kind of drafted as a tackle mm-hmm. um but every other year the top guard goes in the top 25 and we've seen that be as high as mm-hmm. five with brandon scherf and six with quentin nelson we've seen 14th a couple of times so historically the top guard at 17 is really good value I think Zion Johnson is a fantastic player he has a top five grade in the class overall for me and again you you get to kind of the win now stage that the Chargers are in I'm way more comfortable taking Zion Johnson and plugging him in at right guard or left guard with, depending on what happens with Matt Filer and looking at a very successful rookie player. So I think Zion Johnson is by far the better pick in terms of where the charges are at in, in, their process, right? Like you're trying to get a player and really kind of just, you know, hit the ground running. And I think that is Zion Johnson. And also I think he has that flexibility long-term to, you know, potentially be Corey Lindsley's replacement down the road in a few years. Once that decision comes necessary, So I love Zion Johnson. He's a top five player in the class for me. I think 17 is a great spot for him in terms of his value and where he's kind of projected to go. Maybe is that the start of his draft range? Maybe, but historically speaking, seven, the first guard off the board at 17 is, is great value.
3: Yeah, I'm all for this. I understand that maybe at 20, it could be better. Like in a perfect world, you trade back a little bit into the twenties, you get him, but I mean, I really think he could go earlier. He's just so clean, and even I didn't know this, but he went on Good Morning Football, and he's got a computer science degree, cybersecurity degree. He's a guy who was like, "Oh, I'll try football after golfing." I know. Being really good. I mean, the character looks good. This guy's got two degrees. The film looks good. The numbers look good. The testing was good. It's, it's. I'm not saying it's Rashawn Slater, but it really does feel like a guy who's a top three consensus guy at his position, who checks every single box and looks good. Everyone seems to like him, you know, on the field, off the field. He's a guy that I I really, really think was a good fit for this team. I wish he played right tackle.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'd much rather Zion Johnson than Trevor Penning. Like, if that's the discussion, and you can just put him, put him in one of the guard spots, and you know, play him there. And then, like Stephen said, when it's time to move on from Corey Lindsley, you can theoretically put him at center or do stuff like that. Um, but I yeah, no, I think that Zion Johnson. I don't think 17th is too early. I mean, if if the floor is probably the end of the first round, then I don't think taking him slightly earlier is is really a bad thing if you think he's going to be a future cog on your offensive line for years to come. Yeah, you know,
1: in terms of trading back for Zion, I think if you can do that, like, awesome. I'd be so thrilled with, you know, recouping a, another pick and still getting Zion Johnson. But, you know, I think there is legitimate talk among... Steelers fans and Patriots fans and Packers fans that all want that also want Zion Johnson. I know a lot of people are connecting a receiver to the Packers at 22, but they also need a guard because Delton Jenkins is going to play right tackle for them, so they got to fill that hole. Patriots traded Shaq Mason to the Buccaneers for basically a bag of chips, so they got to fill that hole um I think the Eagles could stand to take a guard I don't think that they would no but <laughs> I'm just saying like they lost Brandon Brooks to retirement like they need to fill yeah. that hole and if you're debating between Zion Johnson and you know George Karloftis for example like I think you you make that pick at 19 so th- you run the risk of course trading down and losing on Zion and, and of course you could pivot to Kenyon Green in that instance but You know, obviously, if they could trade down to 20 with the Steelers and still get Zion, man, that would be like absolute best case scenario for me.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to look at that ESPN tool to see the chances that they're at 17. Uh, They don't even have him like an option on the graph. It's all from 20 on. There's no like 17 range for him, Hmm. um, which is annoying, but whatever. Yeah, I, I think like the lack of Zion
1: buzz is honestly, it doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) Like it really doesn't because I think you look at, you know, all the players that are going in in similar ranges, right? Like George Karloftis has, you know, question marks. Trent McDuffie has question marks, you know, Jermaine Johnson kind of has question marks. And so Zion Johnson is one of the cleanest players in this draft. And he tested like a freak athlete at guard Mm -hmm. and he could play center. Like, you know, to me, he should be getting top 15 hype and he's not.
3: Yes. The consensus big boards, not that it matters, you know, it's not an end all be all, but he's projected to go 24th to the Cowboys. Whether that makes any sense or not, I don't know. He's ranked 28th projected to go 24th. Again, you get him at 17, seven picks earlier. He's an all pro who gives a shit. Yeah.
1: Okay. So this is uh of course, something that came out yesterday. Um, Joe Lombardi was at uh, Drake London's pro day yesterday. Anything here for you guys?
2: Uh, I think Joe Lombardi was bored. He wanted to get (laughs) out of the house, get some California sun. You can do that in my Drake London's pro day. Um, No, I I don't think there's much to this at all. Uh, I don't even think Drake London is the type of receiver they would draft if they would draft a wide receiver at 17, because we've already talked about kind of the redundancy with Mike Williams and the fact that they extended him. If -hmm. the Chargers did let Mike Williams walk, like, yeah, I think there would be a legitimate chance they could take Drake London. But um, if they take a wide receiver at 17, it's not going to be him
3: was this a drake london specific showing or a usc pro day
2: it was just drake london yeah because he
1: okay uh usc's actual pro day was like early in march i want to say like right after the combine um but he's was still rehabbing from his uh ankle injury so Mm
3: -hmm. that's why he his pro day was this week gotcha well maybe lombardi pulled the fire alarm to me when it comes to (laughs) meetings like it does help to connect you know some dots but to me i always harken back to The Patriots went to Johnny Menzel's pro day or hosted him or whatever. And I don't think they ever were going to take him. So it's cool. You know, he's a local, like it's USC. Of course, somebody's going to go to that pro day. Sure. Lombardi's there, but he would have had a huge percentage of being taken by the chargers. If Williams was gone because he fits exactly what they've taken. But now he has like the lowest percent chance of being taken because he, they have Mike Williams still. I think. Yeah 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 you know i I think
1: in 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 a case with mike williams also on the roster right like it's just too redundant it makes your team too easy to defend if you have two jump ball guys right like that means that you can just essentially stick safeties on the sideline and dare justin herbert to throw it down the middle because he just can't and so i I think having two jump ball guys just makes them too redundant i think drake london has a little more juice after the catch than mike williams certainly has a, a better ability to break tackles than mike williams but uh at least in terms of prospects right but um you know like taking having two six five receivers is just it's just not the thing anymore like this is not trying to have Malcolm Floyd and Vincent Jackson and then trying to replicate that with Philip Rivers because that's what Philip Rivers wanted but uh I, I listen I love Drake London he's my wide receiver one for a reason but him and Mike Williams together would just be would just be no I think you, if you're drafting a receiver at 17 you have to get speed at that spot. And that's really the only way. Like if the decision is Drake London or Trevor Penning, like they're going to, they're not going to take, they're not going to take Drake London, man. Like they, if Jameson Williams or Chris Olave are not on the board at 17, they're not taking a receiver. In my opinion,
2: Drake, Drake London or Trevor Penning. Ooh, that that's another, I think I would, when I go Drake London there, I, don't know. <laughs> I think I might go Drake London. there. <laughs> uh no, it's not
3: geez (laughs) (laughs) okay here's the thing like i would of the two i guess drake london but to me i'm trying to like i would always and generally try to play the draft as get a trenches guy get your wide receiver later in deep class yeah so especially if it's a wide receiver three what if you
2: really don't like the trenches guy though (laughs)
3: <laughs> I, I'm so torn. I, I do have London graded higher. I don't yeah. I think he's ranked higher too. Um, mm, no, I'm not going to say it. I, fucking, I don't <laughs> want do to do it. Pass. Pass. I was
1: uh, I was. You know, going through the Chargers draft history just for an article for LAFB. And um, do you guys know when the last time the Chargers took back-to-back offensive linemen in consecutive drafts?
3: Was no. it the Marcus McNeil and something else draft?
1: No, I, I meant in terms of consecutive first rounds. Oh, oh, is it McNeil never? A, no, it was like the 80s. Oh, what's that? <laughs> it was uh, something Fitzpatrick and I should have written. I should have had this ready, but um, it was two tackles back to back drafts
2: in like and 85 then, and 86. And then they both ended up being Hall of Famers for the Chargers. Uh I think one of them actually like barely played. <laughs> sweet.
1: Um, but also Marcus McNeil was the only offensive lineman
3: that AJ Smith drafted in the top fifty. That was, it.
1: That I,
3: was I, it. I read the article, but I I guess I didn't retain much. Yeah. I looked at the picks. I didn't really look at the words. Tom Telesco
1: has three. He took he's taken three in the top fifty. So I mean he's doing better than AJ Smith. I suppose oh, Lamp. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah well, Lamp was 38 well, and then DJ Fluker and Rashawn Slater.
2: So, one of those hit.
1: <laughs> I mean, one for three is a is about what happens in the draft. So, like that's a good the issue with the Chargers, average. is that it, it is a good batting average for offensive <laughs> linemen. It really is. But the issue is that you're you're doing three across nine seasons as opposed yeah. to like every other year, like smart teams do.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: All right. So uh, Jay Blue had a super chat question here. Who would be a surprise pick that you guys can see happening? As always, thanks for the content. Thank you, Jay Blue. So I don't know if he's specifically saying in the first round, but Alex, anybody, uh, let's do first or third round pick that you would be surprised by.
2: Um, well, in the vein of Drake London, I would say non, non Olave or non Jameson receiver. Yes. Well, yeah sky or if they would take like a even in the first round if they were to take like a garrett wilson or trelon burks like i would be very surprised by that kind of pick too um that would kind of come out of nowhere but christian watson just, well christian watson i kind of wouldn't be surprised by because they sort of did they there was some rumor from that schultz report that they were interested in him and um olave back then um and i because Watson's not really like a jump ball kind of guy either. No, so he's like, I, he, he's yeah, awful. He does catch. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's, that's, so I think they view him more as a speed guy anyway. So I wouldn't be as surprised with him as I would be with like a Burks or Garrett Wilson. Um, so yeah, I would say mm-hmm. like non non speed based receiver would kind of surprise me in general.
3: It's hard to say surprise because I could make a case for a lot of these guys, but okay. Like a one I don't expect there but it would kind of be in the realm of a first-round pick, is Arnold Ebikidi. I do think they do need an edge three. I think Ojabo being hurt might make a difference. Walker's definitely going to be gone. You know, Ojabo might not really be on their board at this point. I think they do need an edge three. And honestly, Ebikidi yeah. or Penning, I actually might take Ebikidi because I do think like you do need an edge three, and I kind of trust his projection a little bit more.
1: Man, that's an, that's an interesting one, too. <laughs> I have those two graded like right in the
3: same range, so... Depends who you can get later. It's all about the round three. It's all about the round three pick. Like, I think you can get Ebikiti and Mitchell or Deesh or Lucas or something, hopefully. I don't know about as much the third round for the Chargers, for edge rushers. Yeah. I think in terms of a
1: surprise pick that I could see happening, like, I could see Brandon Staley really wanting one of these safeties, you know, Mm -hmm. Daxton Hill, Lewis scene kind of player and, you know, going to bat for him at 17 and just kind of you know, having that kind of flexibility. And of course, you know, we've, we talked about the Nasir Adderley contract situation. Um, Daxon Hill has really kind of grown on me. Um, You know, I've kind of flip-flopped him and Jaquan Brisker back and forth over the last couple of weeks. Um, And like Daxon Hill, like I said, I think he has the the best coverage profile of any of these safeties. And so I could see a world where Brandon Staley is like, I want this guy on my team. And, you know, we'll kind of figure out the rest later. He's not getting a ton of first round or top 17 buzz or anything like that. So I think that would,
3: of course, qualify. Yes. Ah, uh, darn, I had this somewhere for where he was going to be projected to go. SPN, not day predictor. But yeah, it was not exactly a first round. Or not the 17. Dax, tax, 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 tax. So I'm sorry. So you were flip-flopping between Dax and Brisker or Dax yeah. and
1: Cine. Oh, Dax and Brisker. I think Scene has kind of moved down the board a little bit for me.
3: Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. You know,
1: I think those three, I love all three of those players. Like, me too. <laughs> they're so good, but I love the safety class. So I don't know. Who do you it's think
3: Daily be... be more likely interested in then? Because Cine, you have like a, not Cine. sorry. You've seen you have a deep safety, you know, Adderley replacement, perhaps, but not this year. Yeah. Hill can do everything. Brisker, but he's more like a you know, slot, box sort of guy. Brisker, yeah, I think it, Hill, I I think it would play. be
1: Hill or Scene. Yeah, because I think you could do more things with those two players than Brisker, who mm-hmm. ideally is a box player, slot, big slot kind of player. But Hill can play deep. He can play in the slot. He can play in the box. Mm-hmm. He can play outside corner. You know, so Hill really does seem kind of like the perfect Staley defensive back that he could, you know, have in this defense, move him all over the field, play several different roles. So I think Hill would really be the most appealing to Staley. Mm-hmm. But he loves Georgia. So I don't know. Maybe he really likes Lewis.
3: <laughs> True. So he is the Dax Hill, has the one, two, three, four, five sixth best chance of being available at 17 of all of his picks i guess but his range is ridiculous it's it's 12 to 62 so (laughs) 12 to 62 yeah his range of being available is from 12 to about 62 or so yeah 61 62 Uh, and that's at like five percent at 62 someone like drake london Yeah, it stops at 19. Um, (laughs) That's a wild range, but that's safety, man. I think like Trayvon
1: Merrick to me should have been a first round pick last year. And then I think he ended up being like 38 or nine. Right. And then, yeah, the next safety after that was crazy. So I think the NFL is slowly catching up when it comes to the value of safety. But still, it's like, you know, it's so hard to be a first round safety these days.
3: I just want um, to be the biggest shout out like to Cl-
1: Clinton Sims. It was uh Jim Lachey Lachey uh, or however you say it. And uh, James, James Fitzpatrick.
3: Oh, the, the tackles. The, 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 the tackles
1: man. that the Chargers took. Yeah.
3: yeah. 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 Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Good trivia. We'll use that during trivia day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe next time we do
3: trivia day, I'll be better than last time. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I got to beat Arjun this time. I had him last time, but he cheated. So, uh, <laughs> uh, from Frank Blakely, what position group, not offensive line, has the biggest drop off if any of our starters get hurt? Uh, to me, it's it's edge. It's, I mean, uh, what did the drop off for linebacker? Like, it's not good, but was it good to begin with? Uh, <laughs> it, to me, it's edge running back. Yeah, I was gonna say running back. Even then, like, I feel like running back you can create with your line edge is just like you're not good you're not good and we're back to i don't know
2: can you Denver. really create for larry roundtree like I we're gonna that. try
3: with trevor penning this year <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
1: yeah i think edge is the edge would be my answer i think you could make an argument for corner right now because you're still in Tavon campbell Kemon hall range but <laughs> Going from Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa to Chris Rumpf is yeah. about as big of a drop-off as humanly possible for a position.
2: Yeah, I'd say imagine Running Back. Good question, though. I like that question.
1: I'm really confused why Hefe is always in our YouTube chats. Go watch a Chiefs channel,
3: man. <laughs> you have two first-round picks this year, man. You have, like Go do all that stuff.
0: It's not yeah. like the Rams.
3: You just can do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Bugala Lump,
1: Bugalump. Bo- I don't know how, how you, you wanting to say that. He wants to know if we have any thoughts about uh Jamal Davis, the edge rusher that the Chargers signed to a futures deal from the
2: CFL. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, training camp body. I mean, that kind of seems like what he is.
3: Yeah, I feel like the description, unfortunately, is how I feel about him. Is like guy signed from this league who has no tape. Like I don't know. How, like that's how I feel about him. He's a guy that could work in a training camp um i guess i'd have to watch film at least donald parham like when he send these xfl guys like donald parham you get you can watch him as this you know six nine freak on the field norton i didn't watch at least there's something that i i don't have anything about davis honestly yeah
1: oh man this is uh this is a tough question i don't know how i'm going to answer this one todd miller if all three are on the board who do you pick at 17 in the order Derek Stingley Jr., Jamison Williams, Zion Johnson. Someone else has to go first here. Okay, I'll go I first. I don't know how. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Alex.
2: Jameson, Stingley, then Zion. Um, Only because I'm... Uh...
3: Okay, can we assume that at least Stingley and Jamison can both play week one or like, are going to be fine? Sure. There's, there's no hidden medical that's about to come out, is what I'm saying. I
1: think both of them are... On pace to play week one, yeah. for what
3: it's worth. Okay,
1: Let's just say they like don't, they, they, they medically will check out. Yeah, I don't medically think they say... should be checked out. I think it's more of if a team just wants to be careful with them at this point. I don't know
2: order. if they're going to be fine long term, but week one they'll be on the field.
1: That's all I need. That's
0: all <laughs> no, okay. I need. Okay. Um, <laughs> this...
3: I believe in the ability to find receivers later. Stingley, Zion, Jameson. Wow.
1: Okay. For the Chargers <laughs> and for this class. Oh, God. Here we I'm go. I'm saying Jameson one. <laughs> oh, okay. Zion two, Stingley okay. three. So I'm the opposite oh, okay. of Tyler. I believe in the ability to find a corner later in this class. And I think you could find a guard later. I think Jameson would truly be the receiver that could most transform this offense and just that ability to be a deshaun jackson kind of player who can take it to the house on any instance so i think that value for jameson williams is just so much higher especially with justin herbert at quarterback so i think jameson would be one i have zion graded higher than Derek stingley so and like i said i really like this cornerback class later so i would have jameson one zion two stingley three man what a
3: question so Zion's R one, Stingley's R one or two, Jamison is our like three to four, five. Oh, he would be
1: three right away, yeah. Yeah. But hmm. I don't know. Like I like I said, I, I think that Jamison's speed just can take this offense to the next level. And I mean, if Justin Herbert's thrown for five thousand yards, his third receiver could have a thousand yard season, like pretty easily. If it's not Jalen Guyton, of course. Hey, no shade. Jalen Guyton's a really good – he's a a solid wide receiver, three or four. But I think with Jamison, it just gives you that long-term flexibility. I mean, in the future, right, like two or three years down the road, if Mike Williams and Jamison Williams are on this team, Keenan Allen is not on this team, as as tough as that would be. I mean, Justin Herbert's never thrown it 10 yards or shorter, right? It's all deep balls to Mike Williams and Jamison Williams. That would be so much fun to watch.
2: Yeah, I, I I just thinking through this question, I take the upside of Jameson more than Stingley anyway. And then I think medically, I mean, you're, you're kind of just taking a bet here, but I trust his health a little bit more than Stingley's.
1: Yeah, an ACL is definitely different than a Liz Frank injury. Yeah. But I love Zion, man. I really do. I love him more than you do. <laughs> I mean, he's the top five player for both
3: of us. So, <laughs> <laughs> do I have him top five? Do I have him there? I, don't I must. Know. He's got to be close. He will probably get moved down because of position value. But like, where is? Mike I mean, I head had head? Elijah
1: Barrett Tucker at top in top five too. So,
3: I think. Man, did I? One, two, three, four, five. I have Johnson Johnson ninth. So there. Okay.
1: I think he's fifth right now for me.
3: Yeah, pretty good. Ahead of Gardner. So Stingley, your number three <laughs> pro player in your draft.
1: Yeah, but he'll be lower because of
3: uh yeah. of injury. Okay. Jameson 17th. But I get it for the Chargers. It's not like Yeah.
1: Okay, Edwin Martinez, uh Jordan Davis, Trevor Penny, and George Karloftis.
3: Same question. Okay. Well, the okay. If I'm thinking for
2: myself, uh, I'll Carl Aftis, Davis, then Penning.
3: Y- yeah, I, I think so. For no. myself, for the Chargers, it will probably be Penning, then Davis, then Carl Aftis in their rankings because I don't think Carl Aftis will particularly fit. Actually, Carl, Aftis, Carl Aftis might be second. Point is, Jerry Tillery is on the field and he's starting. So, like, Jordan Davis is not coming to the Chargers, I don't think. Or you're paying Austin Johnson $7 million to be a backup.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I I said in my uh, article for LFB, like, I can understand the thought process of taking Jordan Davis because it just is, like, you know, taking a grenade to your defensive line and then making it, like, as good as possible. So... Mm -hmm. You know, that's, you know, the equivalent of taking Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsay, and Matt Filer kind of thing. Yeah. But I think for me, it would be Karloftis, Davis, Penning. Mm -hmm. But I think for the Chargers, it would be Penning, Karloftis, Davis. Yeah,
2: I agree. Probably.
1: Chiefs fan thinks the Chiefs are going to trade ahead of the Chargers. I mean,
3: you can trade with the Chargers if you want.
2: <laughs> I don't know if Defenses I'm going that far. I'm not going that far down.
3: <laughs> uh, Joe Alexander reminded us of a super chat we missed. Would you guys um, be willing to trade multiple picks, not this year's first, to get Laramie Tunsil to free up our pick at 17?
2: So, um, yeah. Wait, so, okay.
3: What's his contract?
2: <laughs> first question. Yeah. Answer that question first because I know
1: he restructured recently, but I don't know because that contract that the Dolphins gave him was crazy.
3: Mm -hmm. So, obviously, there's okay. (laughs) Well, this year he copied of 17 million dollars. Next year, thirty-five million dollars. Oh, oh, god! The <laughs> so... so Chargers can't do that at all. No. I think they have no, like no, twenty-four no, million no. dollars
1: in cap space right now for next year. So, I
2: heard. Yeah, the, that, that Khalil
3: Mack restructure didn't help either.
2: No, I heard the three come out of Tyler's mouth in thirty-five, and I was like, okay, nope, a little bit out of our price range. Yeah. 35. Um.
1: Now, I think if you're asking me to trade for a tackle at this point.
2: It would have to be somebody on an expiring contract. Probably. Yeah, I mean, what what I guess is the value for Laramie Tunsil at this point if you're asking a team to eat a $35 billion cap hit next year? I mean, like, because <laughs> I I don't think it would be a first round pick. No, still. definitely not. Definitely so not. You're... And he's was injured for like right. I think he played four games last year, five. Yeah. So like, I mean, I think the potential's still high, but like you're probably like two mid-round picks. I mean, in theory, you get him.
0: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
3: And then you extend him next year, so it's right. obviously not a $35 million cap hit. Where's Arjun? Where's, Where's Arjun? Where's Arjun? <laughs> <laughs> i think you're probably looking
1: at you could do like you know a six round pick this year and like a third round pick next year or like a second round pick next year so you do like the opposite of the cleo mac trade
2: and then also like it's tough too because you're putting him he i mean he's a left tackle and you're putting him right right so like i I don't really like that part of it either 35 million dollars yeah i don't
1: i don't know Like, I mean, there's talk of the Texans taking Evan Neal or Ikami Kwanu and, like, potentially moving Tunsil to right tackle or, you know, starting one of the rookies at right tackle. So, I don't know. But uh, the answer for this question is no. Uh, Jarrett Holybee wanted to know if we have shared our big boards yet uh we have not yet but we will be doing uh an episode on that next week we'll each be giving our uh top 50 players
3: in the class so um Hmm. stay tuned for that one and I'm also wrapping up the composite big board it's a lot of work I have them ranked by like a composite score one to 223 I have them ranked by like each position obviously on the big board as a wide receiver one wide receiver 10 whatever. I have them I have the entire draft network board manually entered one at a time based on their rankings one two three all the way through wow. to do a difference between the composite big board and the draft network big board so you can get a sense of who is more underrated or overrated so that'll be out color coded ready to go uh pretty soon too there we go i didn't know you were working on that so that's gonna be fun i
1: think neil farrell is gonna be uh very different on our boards versus their board well
3: neil farrell stood me up yesterday so he can he can fall oh Oh, that's a shame that happened to me last year with a player i
1: really liked too and i was like well this sucks yeah nature of the beast unfortunately
3: it happens this is why rashad White is the best running back in the class because he showed up
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know i did bump rashad White up a few spots just for you after i went and watched uh donovan west earlier this week so Uh, he's up to uh, seven on my running back rankings board after not making my top 10 initially. So there you go. I'll bump
2: up Rashad White when you bump up Jerome Ford, buddy. I have bumped up Jerome Ford. Well, you did? It's oh. available
3: on the big board.
2: What is it? Uh, what do you go from 14 to 13? Second to last.
3: No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, he's. <laughs> I think he is in the top 10 now. I moved, him oh, to my big, okay. I moved him on my big board, not on the position, like the rankings. So oh, I don't know exactly yeah. where he fits, but I believe he's top 10. That's I just. Good. But I don't feel good about it. Yeah, the running
1: back I don't feel good about and feel worse about after today is Pierre Strong. After seeing <laughs> that he got, he essentially racked up nearly three thousand yards in his college <laughs> career of perfectly blocked running plays. So I just have like no idea what that guy is when something is going wrong. <laughs> yeah, he was not... from
2: a uh, South Dakota state, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean his
1: his film is like literally like this huge hole just... opens up and he just <laughs> hits it and he runs and like
2: he's fast. I know that,
1: but uh, man, like nearly three thousand yards in his career of perfectly blocked plays is just kind of crazy.
2: Yeah,
3: how many yards does he have overall? I don't know. I think well, like I gotta four check. Or Hold on. Yeah, I was gonna say it's uh... like eighty percent
1: of his yards are freaking <laughs> perfectly blocked plays.
3: Okay, so. Oh come on someone just talk it's all rushing right yeah it's rushing okay. yeah yeah so yeah 4,500 so about two-thirds huh. so two-thirds of his yards were perfectly blocked run plays cool
1: <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <Jeez. laughs> um Blue wants to know about our plans for the draft So uh, Tyler and I will be there along with Arjun. So uh, the three of us are not going to be doing anything live or immediate. We'll be recording in the Blue Wire studio after the fact. But Alex is going to work on a plan to do some kind of live stream or live reaction. So uh, we haven't necessarily completely nailed down our plans. But uh, yeah, Alex will be the one kind of in charge of handling all the live stuff this year.
2: Mm hmm.
3: Yeah. I think his plan was to have rotating guests and guys come on or gals come on, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Stephen, Arjun, and I will be there at the draft. And I, I'm so hoping we're not on camera at 17. I,
2: <laughs> I, ho- I hope you're on camera at 17. We need more no. content,
3: please.
2: We Need more content. Or, or well, if it's
3: like if it's like Devin Lloyd, I want to be on camera because then Stephen will be on
2: camera. <laughs> no, I, I need, I need Tyler's face the minute they take Trevor Penner just close up zoomed and there's uh, this camera in my face just like <laughs> i mean i was planning on just like
1: recording
3: ourselves like with my iphone but <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll we'll post our instant reaction uh <laughs> we'll see we'll see how this goes who knows um all right we'll get back to the q a here
1: steven uh, or stefan you know depending on how you uh, pronounce that uh, Jallard, how many years do you predict Slayer, Keenan Allen will play with the Chargers? So, uh, he's got three years left on his deal, of course. The Chargers can get out of it after next season with a reasonable dead cap hit. So, Tyler, what do you think? How many more years left of Keenan Allen do you think we have?
3: Uh, three more years. I think, well, I think he'll at least finish out his contract. What happens after that, you'll kind of have to let me know then. I do think he's going to finish out his contract. I think. You're guaranteed two more years. We'll see about the third, but I think they, I think all three.
2: Yeah, uh, I think he plays all three years. Um, as far as the long term, like it's just evaluated when we're there at that point, or at least the last year, uh, that contract in 2024, kind of see where we are. Um, but no, I I think that his game will age pretty well. I I don't think he's going to just hit a steep decline if he does get injured. That could complicate things, but no, I I think he definitely finishes out that contract at least.
1: Yeah, I think, like, if you're forecasting ahead, right? Like, I think Keenan Allen's game will age much better than Mike Williams' game will, right? Yeah, um, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, Mike Williams really very reliant on his athleticism, his size, and that doesn't necessarily translate to long term production. I mean, we're already seeing a guy like DeAndre Hopkins kind of decline, and he's not to say that Mike Williams and him are similar players, but. Hopkins, of course, very relying on his size, athleticism, not necessarily a true route running type like Keenan Allen. So I think Keenan Allen's ability to translate, I, I think he really could be a Larry Fitzgerald type, play until he's 34, 35 at a high level, and then kind of figure out where you're at at that point. Uh, so I, I think he does play out this current contract. And I think if he really wants to keep playing with Justin Herbert, then he'll you know, kind of take smaller contracts from here on out and do the one-year deal thing and So I think there's a realistic chance that he plays with Justin Herbert, retires a charger. And I don't Mm -hmm. buy the the trade talk that a certain TV show on NFL network tried to drum up is, is anything legitimate, but um, I think we get at least three potentially more out of Keenan Allen.
3: More likely to get their next contract with the chargers. Mike Williams or Keenan Allen.
1: I think Keenan Allen.
3: To get another so they both expire same year. Same year. Yeah. yeah. How
2: old is how old is Mike Williams when that expires? Mm, he would be so twenty eight or nine, I think. So
3: Heaton Allen would be thirty two.
2: No, I think Mike Williams would be older. He'd be and, thirty.
3: Uh Mike Williams will be thirty when it exp well, he'll be thirty in that final year.
2: Yeah. And then 31, I guess, when it expires, right? Is are that close in age? Is it only yeah. two years no. apart? They're, they're actually, yeah, they're actually not. I, I, That's what I was thinking, because I remember I looked this up before, and I was surprised just how close they were um, in age. Was Mike Williams a five-year player at Clemson? Mm, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think he was at least four. Um... Wow. Yeah.
1: I guess I never made that uh, connection that they were that close in age.
2: I, mean, yeah, I guess so, Mike Williams
1: has been in the league for five years now.
2: That's true. Mm. Uh, I'll say Keenan probably more likely between the two, just because I think at 30 potentially injuries and stuff, Williams might not age as well. But
3: mm-hmm. oh, There was a Mike Williams style I wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah. Guess how many contested catches uh, Mike Williams had at Clemson?
1: At Clemson? Mm-hmm. Like total? Mm-hmm. Thirty-three.
3: One, one. Wow, <laughs> that's what Pro Football Focus has him at one. Hey. Hmm. Interesting. In I mean, twenty
2: thirteen.
3: <laughs> wow, that's it amazing. doesn't make sense to me, but
1: Clemson's offense is atrocious. Though they they run like three routes for their receivers, and it's just awful. Them in Georgia
3: <laughs> translated really well for Mike Williams to the NFL.
1: Yeah. All right. Next super chat from uh, Casey thoughts on trading next year's first or second for additional picks this year.
2: Mm, No, I mean, I, the only situation where you trade next year's first is if you're trading up really high in the first round, like if you're trading into the top 10. Um, So I don't think they're going to do that. Could you trade next year second? I mean, in theory you could, but um, that would be sort of like a, kenneth murray like trade into the back half of the first round kind of trade um so if they wanted to do that they could i don't think they will though yeah i would love to trade for a player not a pick this right year yeah.
3: i mean especially with all the, the contracts that they have like they they are going to need rookie contracts next year <laughs>
1: Tyler's really conflicted now.
3: I don't want to do it because uh, like like the, the comp pick video and it's you know you trade for players, let them expire, get your third round pick back in a year or fourth round, whatever. Try to get yeah. those comp picks. Trading a second, I mean, trading next year's first is just worth. What is that worth? A second round this year, right? Is that how it works? It's always one round, sort of less, like a third round next year is a fourth round this year. Yeah. So. The draft isn't, like, that that good. It's deep. But I I wouldn't want to trade for additional picks. No, I definitely want more picks
1: this year. Preferably top 100 picks. But, you know, what really is, like, the difference between trading a second next year for a second this year? Like, you know what I mean? I I don't know. Another super chat from Joe Alexander. Should we grab a player that helps helps negate, excuse me, divisional opponents or someone to fill our holes uh that should be without a w and make us more balanced and that's not how you spell balanced
3: oh uh, steven just had a stroke on the stream
1: sorry oh I- I'm, I'm 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 really into grammar i guess and spelling i'm sorry surprised Joe. you didn't
2: have a stroke at lately tonsil <laughs> oh no, i didn't even notice that one man <laughs> surprise you're off your game i was i was
3: yeah, that could be, you know, a, a talk to text issue. Like Laramie's not exactly, but like, you know, but yes, yes, the, some of these. Well, what do you think, Stephen? What do you think of this question?
1: What do you think about? I filling mean, holes? I think, I think filling a hole and you know, uh, <laughs> and <getting laughs> a divisional opponent. I, can't, I can't even think right now. But I think this is this. I think these are the same things, right? Because I think if you are trying to negate a divisional opponent. Like, you need a right tackle. You do, because all of the other teams have really good edge rushers. I think if you're asking me, would I rather take, like, Jameson Williams so or Chris Olave so the Chiefs don't get him, I think that's a more interesting question. But uh, I think these are the same things. I think if you fill a hole, it also allows
3: you to beat your divisional opponents better, I guess. Okay, so let's say... That's tough because the Chiefs don't have Tyree Kill anymore. So I was like, who are we stopping? Yeah, Um, which is so great. I still can't believe they did that trade. (laughs) Right. I guess it's more like, do you get right tackle or do you go get a corner to stop the Chiefs from passing? I guess. Which is not not really a hole on the Chargers roster. But to beat the Chiefs, you got to do that. To beat the Bills, you got to do. I think it lines up. I think you... I think right tackle is both the need and the way to, to negate divisional opponents. Because Storm Norton ain't doing it. Storm Norton ain't negating anything. Max Crosby got a sweet deal. Yeah, I think uh, like Storm played some decent
1: ball against other teams, but you know we saw what he did against Randy Gregory. Too. Wait, no, Randy Gregory was out that game. Never mind. Um, you know, but Max Crosby, Chandler Jones
2: just could not be a worse matchup for a player. Uh, Arjun says fieler or peening to play oh opposite Rishon, <laughs> to, to, to play take opposite Rashawn Slater Arjun I uh, <laughs> I can't I, I know that you're trolling but uh, they'll let Steven kick you off the draft trip Arjun. Jay. I know yeah. <laughs> how dare you mess up on spelling?
1: <laughs> oops sorry um Arjun, I uh, hope you had a. Did you have a game today? If you did, I hope it went well. Did
3: you throw for five hundred yards? And, yeah. And... Okay. Timeout. We <laughs> we have to play football when we're in Vegas because I gotta see with Arjun throw, and like not to four year old kids. You can't like beat <laughs> not to four year old
1: kids. <laughs> like a, Damn. Or like, Damn.
3: Or like a bunch of you know Michigan nerds. He's
1: doing college intramurals, man. He's not playing like high school seven on seven.
3: Oh, it's like a league he's in.
2: I think so. I think it's a college if, intramural thing. I thought, I thought everyone no... like put
3: down their calculators and went outside. Like,
2: I thought that's <laughs> what they were doing. But there's there's no film of this league though. Like I need to if you're gonna if we watched all this tape on these college <laughs> prospects, I need to watch the tape to see where Arjun is, you know. I don't know who he's going against. Man, I'm struggling watching college film little <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> seven and seven of Michigan intramurals.
3: <laughs>
1: High scoring. <laughs> oh they argent had a championship game earlier today and they won 49 to 35 that a boy wow. how many times you guys called you the chargers oh joe was playing fifa so that's that's a good excuse
2: tell me your season based interception percentage and in your average depth of target or otherwise get the fuck out of here
3: Steven would you rather draft Raymond at 17 or have another year with your worst student (laughs) from Bolt Brett this is not my question even I wouldn't ask that um so
1: my school has a lot of special cases so I would rather uh do the Raymond thing
3: (laughs) I would rather work with any of my students because I love them all I hate Um, children (laughs) Wait, what do you want to do after your med school, Alex?
2: Be a doctor, not a pediatrician.
3: That's what I was gonna ask. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: if I were ever to be a doctor, I would want to be the guy that just has to read the X-rays and like that's all he does, and it makes a great freaking amount
3: of money. Yeah, yeah. I'm, um, go radiologist? radiologist, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You guys, you ha- do you hate kids, Alex? Yeah, I hate you're kids. only child, aren't
2: you? no i am i am um and and then i'll hear people be like you know that talk about wanting kids one day and like anytime anytime i'm in a store or i'm somewhere and i hear a kid crying i i get close to losing my shit like it's really (laughs) i i hate children they're bad yeah do you get mad
1: at people for having like a crying baby on an airplane
2: yes (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, man. Get in, I get enraged when right I hear a crying baby on an airplane And I just I just suppress it all in my brain And eventually it'll be a tumor one day But uh, I don't know um, <laughs> but, A really unfortunate typo by Christian Castillo there <laughs> Wait, what was the typo? How are you meds- in school? How pooping. are you meds- in pooping? <laughs> no, no, I do poop these videos out Actually At 5 or 6am in the morning Right after I poop after I have my coffee That's when I make these videos <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, that was too funny.
3: <laughs> okay, Star Wars question: Would you rather draft Raymond or kill younglings? Oh my gosh, I don't. <laughs> oh,
2: this kill is an Anakin things. question. I hate, I hate children. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Alex oh is God. like, this is perfect.
2: <laughs> See, people don't realize that Anakin was right in the prequels. The prequels like, younglings should have been kids. Yes, Mister Skywalker, <laughs> what are we going to do? Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's so bad i don't hate children for what it's worth well you work with
2: them you can't say you hate them no but i work with teenagers and sometimes adults depending on you know i mean teenagers are arguably also potentially worse than children depending on which ones you get i mean i don't know middle school is the absolute worst as someone who (laughs) used to work in middle school so ooh, no
1: i like working with high school kids it's that's the age that if you want to teach, I think high school is the way to go.
3: That's where I'm headed. From Anthony Tran, if Neil, Aquano, and Cross are off the board, do the Saints go with Penning or Wider or receiver with their first pick? If Penning, what position will Chargers take? So Penning's uh, gone.
1: Please, for the love of God, take Trevor Penning. <laughs> um, I think if the Saints take Penning, then I think the Chargers pivot to uh, probably a corner is is my guess or a receiver
2: I, I don't know the saints are just so weird because i don't know what what they are or like what they think they're going in the draft because you heard that trade- up and like their reasoning for it was like they see themselves as a win-now team um and and you know they think they could be that with Jameis and dalton um and a kind of degraded roster compared to what it once was um yeah uh, I see, but they're the kind of team that I, I think if in reality they think they are what they are, which is like really a 500 team that's playing for the future, then like you could kind of go with penning and justify it if you're viewing him as a long term prospect as opposed to being in win now mode. If they view themselves as win now mode, then you probably yeah. have to take a corner of a receiver.
1: I think the Saints are a sneaky Devin Lloyd spot, honestly.
2: Yeah, that's a possibility, too.
1: Because I think Demario Davis is about at the age where he's probably going to start declining soon i think his contract is cuttable after this season so that's not necessarily like a win now mode but move because depending how they feel about pete warner and who's next to Devin lloyd or next to uh davis excuse me um but i i think with that first pick that they have if they stay there then it's probably a receiver or penning
3: I guess then, the good news is if they take Penning, he'll probably turn out pretty good. I feel like the Saints have a good enough track record. but oh, if, if he goes
1: to the Saints, that's like best case scenario for Penning, man. It really yeah, is. That,
3: that's OA uh, Ravens last year for sure. Yeah. Mm, I, I still think it's wide receiver, though.
1: You think Saints go wide receiver at 16?
3: So they're, they're, are they 16 and 18?
1: Yeah. Because the Eagles are 15 yeah, and 18
3: I guess it it, de- it depends it, who's the receiver. I, I still think receiver, though. I think knowing that the Chargers could get the better receiver, I think they'd go receiver. Make the Chargers pass on penning
1: So, yes, Ryan, Saints the Saints, Saints don't have in, a left tackle. Very Saints good. probably taking Chris Olave. Hey,
3: uh, yeah. So they have they have Thomas. They.
2: Tenders.
1: That's it. That's their that is their receiving room, man. It is Michael Thomas and bunch of nobodies.
2: I I think Olave is definitely going into that 15 to 20 range, regard whether it's the Eagles or the Saints or somebody else. That's kind of what it sounds like. So the Eagles,
1: they probably take a receiver at 15 or 19.
2: Mm. Because it's—I I mean—everybody
1: thinks they're taking a receiver at one of those picks.
2: Yeah, I think they'll take receiver, and then I'll think—I think they'll take receiver at 15, and then defense on the defense on the 19th pick. That tends to be what I hear, but I don't know.
3: Man, Neil Farrell just retweeted my tweet about saying nice things about him, but he won't <laughs> to my, but he won't respond to my DM about <laughs> going on this interview.
2: On. I mean, at least he's straight up about what he wants. <laughs> All right. Jeez. Uh, Oh,
1: man. Uh, Supercharger says Eagles probably going either London or Burks. There are some uh, not so great things coming out about Burks
2: lately. So I think London could be a fit there. Yeah, London's probably more of a fit. Um, I don't know. I I don't think they have a specific receiver archetype they like. I think they'll just kind of go BPA or which one they like the most out of that group. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Burks thing, I, you can kind of make the
3: speculation or project based on the testing, but Brett Coleman was ranking his wide receivers and he was talking about there being some buzz about Burks not being in shape. That's why he didn't test very well. Again, you can project from that and say, Oh, you know, laziness or focus or, or whatever. Um, would definitely like to hear more about that because Brett Coleman doesn't strike me as a guy who's like, Oh, here's what I heard. And here's the buzz. Like he's, pretty straightforward in my opinion so if that's what he's kind of hearing uh, if that's sort of some buzz then that would take Burks away from wide receiver one for me if there's some sort of question of his his ethic and him just showing up out of shape for the combine that would knock him down for me because that that doesn't fly with me yeah I think Burks is it's a really interesting case
1: right because like if he showed up to the combine out of shape I don't really know. It didn't look like it, um, at least sure. in terms of his physical appearance. But you know, he's a guy who relies on athleticism to win, mm-hmm. and then he didn't test like a great athlete. Granted, I-, I think the speed thing is relative, right? Like he still ran a four five, and he weighs right. thirty four more pounds than Chris Olave is. Actually, like forty five more pounds than Chris Olave is. Mm-hmm. So I think it's relative, right? Like sure, I mean when you're 230 pounds like it's it's so hard to run you know that fast and so four five five for him is not a bad time mm-hmm. I think people were just kind of expecting better
3: right yeah it didn't really even bug me it didn't even move him yeah around my board at all but if if it comes out that he like if he was faster on the field because he was more in shape and then he showed up and tested worse than he showed on the field because he was out of shape that's a problem but I, I'm not going to say that any of this is true. I just that's yeah, it's all speculation. To be some speculation and buzz. But because it came from Brett Coleman, who I, I do think is is, is pretty even keeled on all of this, it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, as somebody who's
1: not super high on Traylon Burks, my issues were never like, had, yeah, it was never related to the combine. Like, I right? Yeah, like like I said, I feel like he tested fine. He didn't test like great. I was expecting better. Mm-hmm. But when you weigh as much as he does and as you're as tall as he does, I wasn't expecting you know a four three kind of speed. Yeah, sure. So my issues are more about the game tape and the route running and separation as opposed to
2: him testing poorly at the combine. I also just think these draft the draft process has these natural oscillations where some guys fall and some guys go up, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a specific reason at all. If if it is an ethics issue and you know they do think he's being lazy, that's one thing, but that's yeah. not really what I saw out of his Combine, so I guess we'll see. Yeah.
1: All right. I was trying to see if there was one other question here before we jump off, because we've been going for an hour and 15 already. Look at us. Um, I feel like we already talked a lot about Zion. I love Zion at any position, so yeah, that's what it is.
2: Zion at any position on the field. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Zion a tight end. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. <laughs>
1: hmm. Oh, interesting. I think. I... I think. Yeah. I think... Uh, Steve,
2: I'm the losing the, uh, I lost you a little bit there. Huh? Lost you a little bit now? there. No. Oh. How about no?
3: But if no. you put the question on the screen, Alex and I could answer it. <laughs> okay.
2: Uh do you think our pick will be in Vegas on draft day since only 21 are there? Um I guess who's attending? Yeah, well, I don't think Trevor Penning's going, is he? I, I I I looked at the attendance list briefly and I didn't see him there. Um it was the like he's not going. Yeah, it was the two. It was two QBs. I think it was Ritter and Willis are there. Um, the main wide receivers. There was a couple surprises like, um, yeah, Ky- Kyler Gordon is the guy I mentioned in our cornerbacks. He's invited to the draft. So I think that means a lot of teams like him, in like the first round, surprisingly, huh. um, that that could be possible. Um, I don't know if our pick will be in Vegas, though. Did, really depends on who it is and particularly what position they go for. Wow, I totally cannot read that. Let me move it over here. (laughs) Um, Uh, Sauce Gardner, Hutchinson, yeah, Cross. I I guess if it's Cross, he could be there. Um, Steven, I can see you more clear now, so I think you're okay. Am I good now? (laughs) I was just Yeah, Yeah, you're okay. Uh,
1: Oh, Mac Corral. Oh. Yeah, the Matt Corral thing was the interesting
2: one. Huh. Because uh, okay. Ritter didn't get an invite. And- oh, okay. It was Ritter. Because, yeah, I knew it was two quarterbacks, but yeah, it was Corral. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Willis is there. Pickett's not there, right?
3: I don't think so. No. Oh, Kyler Gordon's going to go. Yeah. That's awkward. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think with the Andrew Booth thing, Kyler Gordon could certainly go up the board and be a first round. Yeah,
3: that's true. Mm-hmm. Apparently,
1: the Bills really like him. I could see that. But the Bills also are apparently taking a running back, according to a lot of people. Why? Because they don't really have one. Like, as much as I wish Zach Moss <laughs> would pan out there, yeah, uh, he just cannot stay on the field. You know, he's Justin Jackson for them, but... Uh,
2: like if they take Brees Hall, man, I think that would be not a huge shock for me. I mean, pretty much. I think your answer is if the chargers take a receiver, they'll be there. They don't, they, that player probably won't be there then. Yeah. That's what I'm getting from this. All right. We've been going for an hour 17.
1: Um, I, I want to answer Todd's super chat question. Um, but we've been going for a long time. So just really quickly, the answer to trading back to 32nd and 34th, I would do that, yes. And mm-hmm. um, I think in that instance, you could take you know, Christian Watson and an Arnold Ebiketti
2: and call it good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's sufficient enough value and it replaces their second round pick. Not that I would
3: be rooting for it, but I, at this point, I even would trade back and take Raymond at that point. At 34 or something, yeah. I wouldn't love it, but I'd rather take him at 34 than penning at 17 and get that 32nd pick for Evagetti. Abraham Skywalker, Lucas whatever. at 34, baby, let's rock. <laughs> you like him a lot more than a lot of people. Not
1: that nobody dislikes
3: him, but you like him a lot more than people like him. Yeah, I do. But also, there's
1: like a massive gap between Charles Cross and Abraham <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you could trade it, trade it into like the Forty, late 40s, early 50s, that's a good spot for Abraham Lucas, in my opinion.
3: Ooh, is Abraham Lucas your four? He
1: is my four.
2: Oh, interesting. Huh.
1: But again, okay. I think I have a first round seven on Charles Cross and a low second 6.6 on Abraham Lucas.
3: Okay. Interesting. So, I can't wait to talk about these boards.
1: Yep. All right. That's going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, That was a lot of great questions. We'll be doing one more Q&A next week before the draft. So uh, if we didn't answer your question today, um, I see Bolt Bread asking a couple interesting third round project questions that we can get to one day. Um, So remember your questions and ask them again next week. Otherwise, we'll be doing our next mock draft on Monday night. And then uh, next Thursday night, we'll be doing our big board episode. So uh you know we're at the home stretch officially of draft season can't wait to uh cover it with my guys tyler alex and arjun and uh really excited to see what alex pulls off next week or in two weeks from now uh in the live stream so any thoughts there alex
2: ah don't get your hopes up it's a (laughs) work i'm
1: gonna take my headphones i'm gonna listen be listening to alex in uh while we're watching the draft please don't
2: please don't no. just have just have fun at the draft you don't need to pay attention to what the what the monkey's doing with the machine gun over on the youtube channel <laughs> fair enough tyler any final thoughts man i uh,
3: can't wait to listen to monkey with machine gun it sounds like a really good uh, punk rock band or whatever <laughs> so uh yeah awesome
1: all right guys thank you so much for tuning in we'll see you on monday cool.